More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640, you're listening to The John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Johnny Ken Show, John Cobelt and Ken Shampoo, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And we're on the radio from 1 until 4. And after 4 o'clock, you smack yourself in the head and say, I missed the show. What am I going to do? You go to the app, Johnny Ken On Demand, the podcast. That's the show. You can hear it whenever you want. Well, Senate Bill 14, which we spent a lot of time on, which is going to give longer prison sentences for sex traffickers of children, finally passed last week in the state assembly 80 to 0. You might ask yourself, wait a minute. There was such controversy over this bill. It got killed by public safety committees, and it passes 80 to 0? Mm-hmm. They were massively embarrassed, uh, starting with uh, the chairman of the assembly public safety committee, uh, Reginald Jones Sawyer. We call him Reggie. Uh, He's here in Los Angeles, and uh, this guy was the big block for a long time. He didn't think that uh, men, you know, dirty, sweaty, sleazy men who sell innocent little girls into sex slavery ought to be punished too harshly. Uh, We don't know why he thought that. Um, Well, it's because this could open them up to the three strikes laws, and they hate the three strikes laws. Yes, but then they would stay in prison even longer, all these disgusting, dirty men. Who sell little children into sex slavery? That's, but, but Reggie didn't want that bad things to happen to these guys. Hmm. So this created such a firestorm when he kept getting stopped in the public safety committee that at least, according to reports we're reading, it got Newsom involved, it got the Speaker of the Assembly involved, and eventually it made it through the public safety committee to the full vote, which, as I just said, was eighty to zero. Let's bring on State Senator. Shannon Grove, of course, the author of this bill when it all began, Senate Bill 14. Shannon, how are you? And congratulations again. Hey, how are you guys? Who would have thought it would have been that hard to get a bill like that through this assembly? Uh, It should have been five minutes. Well, what does this tell you when it comes to any kind of criminal justice reform here? What does it tell you? Well, I think the issue is, is exactly what you guys just said. They don't want to put people in prison. And this is the first strikeable offense in almost a decade. 
and they were not they felt like it was going backwards but when they kept bringing that argument to me i just let them finish their argument about you know you can't do this it doesn't do any good to put people in prison for a longer period of time there's no nothing no evidence shows that it works yada 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 <laughs> all the stuff that they say exactly you, so you know this is what i love if they're, if they're in prison they can't sell another little girl into sex slavery while they're in prison so, yes, it absolutely exactly. does work. That's the whole point. As long as they're in prison, the girls aren't going to be sold into sex slavery. That's a well, that's nonsense, and they know it's nonsense. Well, I said sometimes it's about justice and punishment, and I think we should make an exception for people to go to prison, especially if they're selling children for sex. <laughs> you have to make this argument, huh? Isn't this amazing? Every time. I had to make it like six or seven times. Yeah, again, how long, What was the, when were the beginnings of this bill? How far back does this go? Uh, well, it started three years ago. But Shannon, do you think they really believe what they're saying? Do, do, you, think think, do, do you think it? like Reggie Jones-Sawyer actually believes it doesn't do any good to, to put a guy who sells children into sex slavery away? He really believes that. Oh, Reggie Jones-Sawyer says that, and then he votes to have campaign finances protect um, hire private security after he defends the police. Right. Give me a break. Nothing <laughs> yeah. they make, say makes sense. Nothing. So this is... I mean, is... if you can't... I mean, realistically, guys, if you can't put somebody in prison for selling children for sex, think about that for just a second. Right. So that, what's, 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 what, what's, the, what's the real motivation there? He can't possibly yeah. believe what he's saying. I don't know. I guess you'd have to ask him because yeah. he sounds pretty convincing when he talks. Yeah, well, if yeah, people can sound convincing, videos. especially when they're covering up maybe other reasons. Yeah, they talk about, you know, how it's $128,000 a year and that money should be used to poverty instruction, you know, areas where, <laughs> you know, people are being trafficked. They say it disproportionately, you know, disproportionately affects people of color. And I agree with them. If we could get this bill signed by the governor, it would help more black and brown children be off of Figueroa Street in Los Angeles than white children. I mean, right. their arguments, all their arguments all point to... Well, the thing you know is, something? You know, it's just ridiculous. We got to get off this. This uh, we got to stop de debating guys like him on race, because oh. race race has nothing to do with this. It's whether you committed the crime or not. Period. End well, of story. Exactly, and they're trying to use race as a shield. This is what I'm saying. There's something else going on. They use race as a distraction. It's a noisy distraction and a shield so as not to delve into why do they really want little girls sold into sex slavery? Why don't they want to punish the guy? Oh, it's because of race. It's got nothing to do with it. Well, I, you know, I think I don't want to say I was the right person to do it, but I'm, I'm not. You know, I don't have a college degree, but I'm pretty quick on my feet. Yeah. And he says and he says, you know, uh, this disproportionately affects people of color and goes down the race path. And I let him finish and do all of this stuff. And then I just said, you know, they said, you know, Sarah Grove, do you have a response? And I'm like, I don't care what color your skin is. If you're selling children for sex, I want you in prison. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that that's, is the only response. That's got to be the response. Hey, you know what? Whatever color he is, he goes to prison. Doesn't matter yeah, if he's black, matter. white, brown, yellow, whatever. You, Who cares? you did something. Yeah, you, it doesn't matter. That's why they, they flipped this whole debate and everybody's getting sucked into it. It's like, don't get sucked into it. It's about behavior. Okay. Well, if it's about behavior, that's that's the worst behavior imaginable. And then they talk about cost and the analysis and the public safety analysis. They did not or in the excuse me, appropriations, they did not even consider what it costs to rehabilitate a victim, like the trauma. 
the care if they're a minor, if they're you know yeah. if they're if they're absent from their families, the cost of putting them in housing. They didn't even attribute yeah. one dime to victims. Sure, we've got oh, the highest God. taxes in the nation, and they care about cost. I don't believe oh that gosh, either. Again, that's a distraction argument. Yeah. They had a $100 billion surplus last year and $30 billion deficit this year. They spend a lot of money. And I, I think most people are willing to pay whatever price it is to get uh, sex traffickers in prison. I don't, I don't think people are worried about the price. Well, I mean, here's my question, Shannon. It was this hard to get this common sense, easy bill passed, which, I mean, honestly, what hope is there for any other kind of... Yeah, three years. What hope is there to do other things that we need to do to untangle what's wrong with the criminal justice system in the state? Thanks to the damage from Prop 47 and 57 and all these other things that are lining up and leading to more dangerous people being free. But you guys are the key to that. If you guys would, if the media wouldn't have latched onto that, if Ashley's ball and them, they would have latched onto this and brought the media along with them. Californians would have gone about their everyday activities, working or whatever, going to school, and never even noticed one bit that they killed that bill in public safety to put people in prison that sell your children for sex. But they, they would have not even known. They had killed right. it before, though, right? You said this was a three-year push. They did. And, you know, it was a three-year, they killed it before, and I think I got one local media station interview on it. I've done yeah, over, we... I think, 700 now. Wow. So people are, because of you guys, you know, they used to have they used to have reporters inside of our hearing committees, and they don't have them anymore. The LA Times used to have press people there all the time, you know, monitoring what happened. They used to monitor things at 2 o'clock in the morning when they called an emergency committee hearing to make sure the public had notice before the, you know, writing and you had to have it in 72 hours and writing before that. 2 o'clock in the morning. Any opposition to this bill? Any opposition? Seeing no opposition. I mean, 2 o'clock in the morning with no notice. Who's going to be there to oppose the bill? Yeah, well, that's on purpose. They know what they're doing. So there's no media yeah. that covers Sacramento anymore. I mean, you guys passed, passed 1,000 bills, and the public has no idea what's coming next in those 1,000 bills. Not very much. Not there is not very there has been this last session more than I've ever seen and I don't know if there's B fourteen sparked that, but there's a lot of media attention going on on parental rights bills. There's a lot of media attention on you know, I made a comment the other day on the floor after they passed like six bills that had to do with furthering uh, union bills, twenty dollar an hour minimum wage for fast food workers, twenty five dollar an hour minimum wage for hospital workers, union strikes, um, you get to draw unemployment benefits, so there's your the employers negotiating against yourself for a salary. And so I just said, well, I'm really disappointed that the fourth branch of government had this much power this cycle. <laughs> yeah. You guys got that right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, listen, I, it, it, you really did a great job. This, this is a, a huge win for these children. And every one of these, one of the disgusting perverts who sells children into sex Every day that they end up staying in prison because your bill is going to mean that, you know, one kid or 10 kids uh, get another day of freedom. Uh, I can tell you that a district attorney called. I had several calls after the floor vote and a district attorney called me as a grown man and he's crying on the other end of the line. And he goes, you gave us tools in our toolbox that we haven't had in decades. All right. Uh, you know, it's important. I think one of the keys is that there's so little coverage of what the legislature does now. Uh, you know, most parents would instantly say, no, all the sex traffickers go to prison. They go to prison forever. Exactly. That's what they would say if they knew about it, but they didn't know about it because nobody's telling them. And I don't know how to get and around it because we're like a two-man band here. There's, 
<laughs> repeat offenders. So this isn't your first offense. I mean, most people think first offense, you're done, right? It should be, yeah. To get this through the building, it, they had to be a repeat offender. They had to go to prison, get sentenced to 12 years, get out in four, and then get caught again, sex trafficking a minor. Then my bill kicks in. That's how bad this is. Yeah. I mean, not, the wow. bill is not bad. I'm just saying it's a step in the right direction. But to get a bill out of that building that, that addresses and punishes perverts for sex trafficking minors was the hardest thing, really, that I've done in the time that I've been there. Well, yeah. good job, Shannon. And we appreciate you talking to us once again. And if you ever are pushing the bill like this again, let us know and we'll help get the word out. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for covering all of Southern California. You're awesome. Right, You're welcome. State Senator Shannon Grove, a Republican from Bakersfield, in her bill, Senate Bill 14, to punish the sex traffickers of minors as serious felons, finally passed. Yeah. It's expected to be signed by Newsom. I, I don't know, but good, apparently. Good work, Reggie Jones Sawyer. Nice work. More, more you keep protecting up. those perverts, pal. You're doing a good job for the public. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Yeah, well, you know, next year is a presidential election, which means there'll be a big primary ballot coming in March, and then, of course, in November. This means we will be flooded with a lot of ballot measures next year, and we're going to stop for a moment and talk about one that will be put before the voters. We've covered it before. We talked to John Kupal with the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. It is known as ACA 1. And uh, in Sacramento, the legislature said and pushed it forward that it will be on the ballot for next year. They approved it to ask voters whether or not the threshold, the threshold to approve new special taxes and bonds for affordable housing and public infrastructure projects should be lowered to 55 percent. See, it's Prop 13 passed in 1978 by the voters requires a two thirds approval on certain special tax increases and bond measures, this, if passed by the voters, would lower that two-thirds to a mere 55%. Do you realize how high our taxes are in California with the two-thirds protection? Yeah, in a lot that's of cases? amazing, right? And right. we still have the number one tax burden by far in the state. Now, can you imagine how much worse it'll get if the tax burden is, uh, the vote burden is now 55% instead of 67%. And and the, the problem is, the public doesn't pay attention to most of this. And so what you usually get is an emotional ad campaign with oh, focus. bond measures. People yep. are so happy to pass bond measures. Right? Oh, sure, it's good borrowing. It's borrowing for a good uh, thing. Like, like high-speed rail. To build housing. We, we agreed to spend $10 billion on high-speed rail because we were going to be able to get from San Francisco to Los Angeles in about two and a half hours. That was their promise. Oh, it would also uh, cure global, global warming, I think, too, right? Well, of course, there's no such thing 15 years later, and there never will be. So why did people vote for High-speed rail in 2008? Because they le believed a big lie. Because how would they know any better? How would they know that there wasn't really a plan that to build a railroad to L.A.? How are you going to get it over or under the mountains? Well, they didn't know. They still don't know. They couldn't get it over the mountain. That wasn't feasible. So they're going to drive, drill through, like, I don't know, 30 miles of rock to get it through a mountain? That's never going to happen. So that's why you end up with 
uh, all these uh, tens of billions of dollars spent on a on a highway that's going to uh, on a rail line that's going to go from Bakersfield to Merced. My problem with this is that these measures voted on locally are for things like you know parks and libraries and water and streets. They're, they're government-run bond projects or they're government-contracted-out things. Did you see? is a debacle. That's why I think a two-thirds vote is a good one. It makes sure that uh, a supermajority of people think it's a good idea yes. to let the government take more money, either in borrowing or in taxes, to throw at another project, which they usually just foul up anyway. They're going to build you a parks and then let the homeless people live in it? Yeah, most of this is about building housing. Again, the housing? magic government is going to build all this affordable housing. How, housing for, for the vagrants? The, the vagrants, yeah. The so people they, who can't afford homes right now, I guess, is the idea. People right? who can't afford homes have to move somewhere else. Yeah, that doesn't seem to get through to people. That, no, because the government is never going to fix the housing market. That's impossible. We have too many people living here. Right. And there's nothing you can do. And if you keep taking in you know, thousands and thousands of illegal aliens without any skills and education, they're going to be poor for the rest of their lives, and so are their kids. One tax group says that if ACA1 passes and the threshold's lower to 55%, it could lead to $250 million in increased taxes every election cycle. $250 million in increased taxes every election That's cycle. A, it's a billion every four years. You're going to be paying that. Yep. See, you have to vote differently. You have to get aware of what's going on in the world and then vote differently. That's your job. So this is a no on the John and Ken November 2024 ballot guide. <laughs> a no on ACA1. There you go. There'll be a lot more on, on that. We're a long way from the John and Ken voter guide for next November. But it's always, that's where you're going to see this appear. It's always safe to vote no. You should have voted no on high-speed rail. You should have voted no on Prop 47 and 57. Life would be noticeably better had you voted no. Three no votes right there. Life would have been better. All right. We'll be back. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast. And this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. 
It would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, PB Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John and Ken on demand from KFI AM640. Did you see that uh, they. <laughs> They lost a stealth fighter jet for about 24 hours. Oh, no. No. Yeah, they, uh, it was flying over South Carolina, and the pilot ejected. He was a Marine Corps pilot. He ejected himself, uh, and and the plane kept flying in what they call a zombie state. Oh. And then for the next 24 hours, uh, 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 nobody in the military had any idea where, where the thing was. And they finally found the wreckage in... Uh, in South Carolina. Oh, so it did end up crashing. I it, saw this it, last night. Yeah, it ended up crashing. Yeah. But I, w wouldn't they have, oh, I don't know, maybe one of those Apple trackers on the wing? Yeah, I yeah. thought they would have a tracker I, on I, it at all times. I keep looking through this story. It's like, well, how could they not know where it is? I mean, and, I mean that, that is a stealth fighter, right? It crashes and nobody knows that it crashed. Those are expensive, aren't they? $80 million of our money just, just crashed into the ground. Whose head do we take? I know somebody's head. Somebody's head at Defense Pentagon. It's an F-35. Why'd the pilot eject? There was some kind of... Uh, Mechanical issue? Or? Mishap, yeah. I don't know. A mishap. A mishap. <laughs> they were asking the public. It's like, we have a missing stealth jet fighter pilot. If anyone has seen it. It's like an Amber Alert for a plane. <laughs> that is comical. What a stupid government we have, huh? Uh, of course, the big story today, and it began Saturday night with the shooting death of a L.A. County Sheriff's deputy named Ryan Klinkenbrumer, uh, just 30 years old. He was uh, about to go on patrol. He was actually taking his patrol cruiser out onto Sierra Highway up in Palmdale outside the sheriff's station. Stopped at a red light. Uh, a little bit later, a dark gray Toyota Corolla pulls up behind him, and apparently shots go off. And uh, the deputy is shot in the head, and he died from his injuries hours later. That was Saturday. Today, after a weekend of uh, pleas, anybody knows anything, offers of a reward, police honed in on a home in Palmdale and arrested a 29-year-old man by the name of Kevin Catanillo Salazar. This is East Palmdale. Uh, this was his family's home that he lived at. But it apparently did result in a standoff. You may have seen the pictures by now where he finally comes out shirtless and surrenders to police officers. And they had a news conference this morning to announce the arrest. The stories began early this morning with person of interest. And then I hate a few that hours phrase. later it became right. So Nor arrest. Normal people call it a suspect. So his mother spoke to the El Segundo Times in Spanish. My son is mentally ill, and if he did something, he wasn't in his full mental capacity. Thanks, Mom. They're uh, only saying that he was the one that shot the deputy, but nobody is saying he has a record for needing mental help. Diagnosed, she claims, as a paranoid schizophrenic five years ago. Doesn't, well, Voices in the head. Hey, Mom, you're supposed to get mental help. Who, uh, what, I'm supposed to do it? I, you're supposed to do it. You didn't get him the mental help. You didn't give him his pill. Why wasn't he taking his medication? Schizophrenic She's saying that he was hospitalized in Silmar in the last year, but what, uh, he stopped well, taking his medication about 10 months ago. Which means mom has to make sure he takes it. They don't keep schizophrenics in the hospital forever. 
you go there after an episode and then they all they can do is change the medication or give you more. They they can't do they can't do anything with schizophrenia. There's no treatment. She said I called the police several times before, but in the end they would just tell me he's an adult. He doesn't want to take his medication. We can't do anything. There you go. That, that that's the big flaw. He should be forced to take the medication or uh, lock him up in jail. Twice since his diagnosis, she wait, claims he's attempted suicide. Yeah. The option? Oh, let him go out with a gun and shoot a cop in the head. That's yeah, a better that's option, right? We don't want to force him to take a pill, but we'll let him shoot an officer in the head. Okay. All right, that's the option you chose. Excellent. She claims she was unaware that the son owned the gun, but was told by detectives he had legally purchased a weapon that was used in the attack. I don't believe her. No, mom, moms don't admit to this stuff. At least not the she moms. She says who's, uh, when she saw him on Saturday, he acted normal. We were cleaning tables normal. and chairs, and none of us knew anything. He didn't see anything, anything to be out of the ordinary. He uh, just came back from shooting to death a police officer, but apparently yeah. he acted around the house like he always does. Yeah. Her son's Facebook and Instagram bios both read, dead in a couple of days, weeks, or years. Nice. He apparently followed League of Legends, a popular video game, wrote a rave review online of a multiplayer online battle arena. Wow. This is a 29-year-old. Yeah. I know. All right. Living with his parents yeah. and apparently just... Is there a dad? The is games. there a dad there? Uh, it doesn't say. You're right. This the mother gave an is interview. The, it doesn't say. Is the dad saying this? I just the mother's words are coming what, what, And what does this lady want the rest of the world to do? What would you like us to do with your son? I, well, I, I'm so fed up with this. Oh, you didn't get the help he needs. What do you want us to do? You have the kid in your house. You're the one indulging him. He's the one with 29 weapons under your roof. What would you like me to do? What could I have done, uh, you know, last week for you? Yeah, that's true. How, I, did she, how was she not aware of 29 weapons? 29? You mean you didn't? He walked in the house 29 times with a weapon, and you didn't see it once? All 29 times? sticking out from underneath his bed or in a closet somewhere? All 29 times he snuck by you, huh? Do you ever clean his room? When you have a schizophrenic, do you ever, like, just do a security check? Just look, look, look through the room, see if he's got any weapons in there, maybe knives, maybe he's on some kind of drugs? Don't you have to do that? Oh, you don't want to violate his privacy now, do you? Uh, we got more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. Uh. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. We've talked in the past about a number of stores closing down locations in cities that are troubled by lots of shoplifting and crime and drug use and homelessness. This story is in San Francisco. This one is Chicago, where apparently a number of grocery stores have said, well, it's just not worth us, worth it for us to operate in certain parts of the city. So they've shut down their operations. Well, not to be outdone on this, the Chicago mayor, Brandon Johnson, announced that uh, they're looking at the possibility of city-owned grocery stores. <laughs> As a means of promoting <laughs> equitable access to so, food. Okay. So the city allows the criminals to run amok and steal whatever they want. So when the grocery stores get out of town, they go, well, this is outrageous. This is not equitable. We'll run That's our right. own stores. 
they're redlining us. They're just not going to operate here because they think <laughs> hey. the people are too poor. We'll take care of that. The, the people in the neighborhood, this is rich. The people in the neighborhood steal the stuff out of the store, and then they're pissed off when the store moves. The store closes. What, well, what you know what? I, I, was, when I saw this this morning. The first thing I thought of, I was thinking government-run grocery store. Cuba. That's the only time yeah, I've seen that. That's where we're headed, right? Yeah. And the shelves were empty. I went into it. There was hardly anything on the shelves. Oh. Because governments can't run businesses. They'll find out in Chicago. This reminded me of years ago. Remember in L.A., they were upset, too, that there weren't enough healthy grocery store choices, I think, in South L.A. So they wanted to ban the opening of new fast food restaurants. Remember that movement? That, that goes back like 20 years, I think, in L.A. politics. Yeah, and it, it, it doesn't do any good. I don't think I don't understand why these political idiots can't get this through their head. If you can't make money in a neighborhood, you're not going to open a store or you're not or you're not going to keep it open. If you can't make money, you don't go there. If the residents are going to steal all your goods, then you are going to close and open a store in a neighborhood where they don't steal the stuff. Also, and, and you can bitch about uh, equity and food insecurity and all that nonsense, but it comes down to the behavior of the people in the neighborhood, whether they steal the stuff or not. Also, one of the stores in question here is Whole Foods. Now, you're going to open a Whole Foods on John's favorite West Side, but you're not going to open a Whole Foods in South L.A., it's just oh. different populations have different tastes. That's right. That's I, just the way it is. I don't I don't go to the Whole Foods. If the, the, the Whole Foods had to depend on me on the west side, they, they'd all be bankrupt. Yeah, you're really in the wrong neighborhood. For I'm, the in, oh, I'm in the wrong neighborhood. I'm sure I'd find more uh, You are, but you have lots choices. of uh, very weight conscious, uh, healthy, obsessed yeah. west side women who, yeah. oh, let's go to Whole Foods. There's so much yeah. vegetation here to feast on. Actually, they, they keep their weight off with amphetamines, but that's... Uh, is that right? They, yeah. Prescribed or mm -hmm. are they just... Uh, uh, I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. But they, they're... they're they... I think you should tell me it's just coffee. It, well, it's, 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 well, it's coffee all day. It's Starbucks cups. Big Starbucks cups they walk around with. And they're on some kind of weight loss drugs. And most weight loss drugs are some kind of amphetamine because it speeds up your mid -hour. Oh, this Ozempic stuff? Oh, the Ozempic stuff is like a whole new category. Yeah, but th that too. They're all on Ozempic. <laughs> they all con their doctors into a prescription, so... That's it. Oh, yes, I eat healthy. It's no, you're on drugs. Okay, nobody, yeah. no, nobody's that thin. Stop. Every everybody's so full of it. Yeah, I feel like everybody, everybody in life, everybody I talk to is just full of it. Imagine though a government-run grocery store. Oh, this, I mean, honestly, I mean that's but, the way th this social democrat crowd wants to go. They want to take away uh, private ownership of property. They want the government to run everything because only the government can be equitable. The commun they're communists. In communist countries, the government ran uh, the grocery stores. Like I said, Cuba. So I, I saw it firsthand. And these were, it was a terrible store. Okay? You wouldn't want to go in there. Because uh, without the profit motive, you think government workers are going to care? Really? You get the DMV crowd in there? Get some of those post office workers? Yeah. You, you have them uh, uh, cutting the meat. Well, you'll then have, you'll have politicians who also say what should be on the shelves. It should be only healthy food. Right. There'll be no uh, sugary food, fatty food. And the neighborhood. We'll get no customers, right? And the neighborhood's not going to show up. Right, exactly. All right. Oh, hey.
Conway's here. I got hey, a question no. for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Did yes, sir. you vote for the Burbank mayor uh, who was getting spanked oh, by the uh, drag queen? You know, I, I did not. You did not? Yes, I did not. But I, look, I, I don't want to get down on him. I'm that, that's sort of my thing as well. <laughs> wow. I know. Spanking I know. Or you're yeah, drag, it, right? it, it, being spanked by a drag queen at Santa Anita, it's a niche group. Niche group. <laughs> what, in front of the horses? Yeah, yeah. in the barn. Wow. In the barn, yeah. In the barn. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's like I didn't want to get into it, but you brought it up. That so. is a kink. Yeah. <laughs> Me and David Vasse do that. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Sick <laughs> Steve Gregory is going to do a story on it. You, you both get spanked by a drag queen in front of the horse. John, now you're embarrassing me. Like, I just want to be clear. I got the story like, right. Not, like, I'm the only guy that does it. Um, <laughs> Steve Gregory is coming on and talk about that horrible shooting uh, in um, uh, with uh, the deputy of the sheriff's department. Man, when that happens, the whole city shuts down. Everybody stops yeah. and then wonders, how did this happen? Where is this guy? How did we get this guy? It looks like they got him. So we'll talk about that at 5 o'clock. 5.30, David Vassay, the Dodgers clinched mm-hmm. over the weekend. Yeah. I know you're a major Dodgers fan. And uh, and then uh, John Papadagas, who's, um, I'm, what's his name? Dean Papadagas? What's his, the kid's dad? Petros Bob. Papadagas. It's Petros's dad, and he's the last of the big old-time singers, you know? Mm-hmm. I love my heart in San Francisco-style t- guys. And so he's having a show. We're going to talk about his show. All right. Yeah. All right. That's a show then. That's right. That's okay. right. And, and by the way, I love the, 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 I could listen to you two talk about electric cars all day. Uh, I'm a big anti-electric car guy. Oh, it's, it's, it's a disaster. I, this is going to be so funny uh, when, when they're stuck with millions and millions of these cars. I wonder what they're going to do with them all. Well, they're going to have to crush them. They're going to have to ship them, uh, you know, to another continent. Real quickly, in, in Ohio, there was a plant. And they, they, uh, the small city wanted a five kilowatt or five megawatt station so they could, they could, you know, power up these forklifts. And, and they said five megawatt or, or a kilowatt, that's more than the city uses. You gotta be, it's gotta be a joke. There's no, we don't have that kind of power. And they don't. This, the, the plant that built those uh, forklifts only uses two megapowers, two mega, <laughs> you know, megawatts. I, I think it's it's all huge. Where is the power coming from? It's a scam. I don't know. It's all things a scam. It's uh, never going to happen. Dig dong with those power cars. All right. Conway next. Curtis uh, has got the news. Dig uh, dong. Live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.